Okay, today I have, as you can see, the huge, big Paul Rogers. He is, <laughs> he is seriously becoming a celebrity on LinkedIn and beyond. And we saw him in many interviews where he shared openly and honestly about the huge challenges he went through last couple of years. He inspires us all every day. And when he and I decided to get together for an interview, I wanted to ask him questions that no one, asked, no one else asked before. So I wanted to learn about him more and have some fun too while at it. So we came up with a few questions and topics that he never talked about before. So buckle up for an amazing ride. <laughs> Welcome, Paul. Welcome. Thank you very much, and thank you for the wonderful intro. Um, thank you. Well, what can I say? You made me blush right off the bat. Well done. <laughs> it's a huge pleasure having you. You know, I love you to pieces. So let's start. Here comes my first question. I know that you have a law background. Uh, if you go back to law school, what was your favorite law option in your final year and why? My favorite option in the, my final year of law, and this is, take, this is gonna age me, this is back in 1996. And so um, my favorite option was environmental law. Um, and there's two reasons for that. Firstly, there was only one act, which was the environmental law written in 1995. So there wasn't really much to think about. And the other reason, which is the real reason, um, the night before, because this was on a Friday, the night before was a huge student night. I mean, the biggest of the week. And this lecture was a lecture and seminar at nine o'clock the next morning. Mm -hmm. And there's only a few of us. So um, we used to go in with our pint of milk and other stuff. And basically we just watched TV with butterflies and, and uh, trees going, which was the best hangover cure in the world so we'd all sit there stinking the room out from the alcohol coming off us <laughs> so yeah butterflies wonderful I, the best course i've ever taken wow that's that's great <laughs> i also uh, remember you mentioning a story about legal advice and the washrooms what is about yeah, that just... can you share that <laughs> This is really quite cool. I have a very dear friend and um, we kind of qualified at the same time in different firms. Um, he went to work for his big, big firm. And he used to ring me from the washrooms in his office. Paul, Paul, you know, I've got this, what, what do I do? And I take the call from my mate in the washrooms trying to keep it quiet. So it sounded a bit echoey because, and that's in the day when mobile phones were like this big. <laughs> so yeah, so um, I used to give legal advice to someone sat in the washrooms, which I, I think is kind of a first. And um, it didn't just happen once, it was kind of like the 11 o'clock call. <laughs> Every day? <laughs> well, in most the days. Yeah, most <laughs> days I had to make sure I timed my washroom break so I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, 
Well, uh, you also had a very interesting other business. You had a kite surfing business. What was the name of your business and the strap line you created for it? Um, the name of the business was Lost Boys Kite Surfing. Lost Boys. Yeah. Now, I love the 80s film of the Lost Boys with Kiefer Sutherland and everything to go with that. So I kind of thought when you lay the kites down on the beach, they look like giant bats, um, which was really cool. Um, it's kind of good because somebody of the older generation, yes, those do exist, um, that they, they came along and they're like, oh, Peter Pan. And I was like, and apparently the little tribe of people he finds are called the Lost Boys. So without even knowing it, I was appealing to multiple generations. Anyone who was born after the 80s was just like, what? Um, which, <laughs> oh dear. Um, <laughs> And the strap line, it was something which um, is something my, I, I used a, a marketing um, guy who was a friend of mine. And so we came up with, he kind of came up. So I'm going to blame him for this. He'll love it. We came up with the strap line, pop it like it's hot. <laughs> pop it like it's hot. Yeah, it's like, I like now, it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I said, you know, when you, when you jump, you cork the board, which is called pop. And so he said, oh, look, and that, that was the time when Snoop Dogg was, he's like that. Now, he insisted in writing this in bright, shocking pink all over my car. <laughs> so, so, so I drive down the road with pop it like it's hot all over this car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. That, that certainly is really, really. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, another question. Uh, another interesting part of your life is when you lived on a First Nations reserve. Uh, do you have one story you can share with us from your experiences on the reserve? Yes. Um, it's a question of just picking the one. I was there for five years and uh, I taught adult education. So I, to be honest, yeah, I, I was fairly unorthodox as an educator, as you may tell. Um, <laughs> and um, there was one, it was the first year, and they, we lived opposite the primary school, and they have an intercom speaker, and it was in the winter, so lots of snow and dark. And the intercom system said, kids, go home, don't fight, no, don't stop on the way, go straight home, no playing. Wolves are in the village. Oh, wow. And it's not just one, a pack of wolves in the village. And when they get really hungry, they used to come into the village and eat the stray dogs. So, and these wolves, they're huge. I mean, and when they roam in a pack, you don't want to be any near. But that was kind of, have I just gone into a reality, a different reality here? <laughs> There's what in the village? <laughs> so um yeah that's kind of that and, and why because there's literally bush in every direction for about a hundred miles uh, the nearest yeah. supermarket was an hour and a half away oh wow so shopping was kind of like an all-day experience <laughs> 
And uh, the other thing was there was no signal from where we were to the shop. So if you broke down in that road for an hour and a half, you're done. Um, because it was minus 40 in January, the entire January. Of course. It's scary. <laughs> Bit cool, huh? Oh, Bit yes. Cool. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Another story. I mean, another question. <laughs> I also want to ask about your first pet. You have a story about that pet of yours and what happened to him, correct? Yes. Um, now, this is a quite a sad story in a way. Um, my first pet is I had a tortoise. Oh. Uh, not the sort of thing you would expect me to say, I know. Um, and I named him George. Mm -hmm. good, good English name. Um, I like to think the royal family copied me on that. Um, and we built, my, my dad built this pen outside, which was a, basically a two by four, a couple of that. And we went out one day and we came back and he'd gone so i have had the only tortoise in the world that managed to run away <laughs> and and you couldn't find it again no no oh. and um my my mum and dad because i i used to um i used to like uh, take out all my toys and put them on the pavement and put little for sale signs on them and there was a fairly rough family living around the neighborhood and they used to say whatever the name is they're coming so i'd like get all my toys yeah. in and uh they they told me that they thought that they um they took him so i'd like to say 47 years later i hope you're happy george and i hope you're well well most probably alive still hopefully well, hopefully what <laughs> yeah. turned into they... soup <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay let's go a little bit more personal hmm. i want to ask how and where did you meet your wife now that, this this is a good one um i'll just tell you a little story beforehand because i i thought of it just as we are talking um when we were younger um we went out on what's called the pool so you go out to nightclubs and bars blah 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 um another word for it was sharking so if you were sharking, you used to do, and it was kind of like, okay. Um, so so um, Mr. Sharky, no relation to you, but, you know, sharking. <laughs> and um, my friend, we were in this bar where it had one deck and then the dance floor. And it was, it was, a, it was a, where you mostly get ladies who are multiple generations. Um, the little tan line on the finger. Um, and so I asked my mate, I said, uh, what do you think? And he said, man, there's so much flesh on display. And he said, it's so badly managed, <laughs> which I thought was just absolutely hilarious. So, um, moving a little bit forward yeah. where I met my wife was on the internet. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm very 21st century down with the kids and um this is going to make you laugh it was a spanning spanish dating website oh yeah now she lives in french canada mm -hmm. you know, Quebec. Mm -hmm. i lived in england um, oh, yeah. Now, yeah so um she had quite a legitimate reason for being on there because she was just about to do some traveling to go to spain and she wanted to meet people that like that 
I just got wanted to meet somebody who was not English. <laughs> so um, yeah. I didn't have such a good reason. And she wrote her profile in Spanish. Oh. I can't speak Spanish. And so I, I used to put that through Google Translate. And I, oh, okay. And our profiles kept swapping. And then she she left and she said, look, uh, no, good luck. I hope you find what you're looking for. And it was in English. So I wrote back saying, oh, you speak English. So um, we kind of, then we kind of went old school. We swapped messages and that was that. And then, um, yeah, now she's my wife of seven years. So um Everyone out there who's on the single circuit, internet, internet, that's where you need to be. Yeah, it really works. <laughs> yeah, very, very <laughs> nice to hear. Seven years. It's, I hope, many more years together. Oh, yeah, she's two. kind of stuck with me now. That's the, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, you always ask us, uh, what is our favorite quote and what, resonates with us and you yourself create quotes but what is one quote that resonates the most with you that you can share i think it's i think it's i'm a big fan of dr wayne dyer and had he been alive i'd love to have met him uh, and i have two if that's okay um the first one is that we we are spirits having a human experience rather than humans having a spiritual experience, which I always love. Um, mm. And the second one is don't die with the music still in you. Oh. So That's both, both, both of them. I, you know, I, I love. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very beautiful, lovely quotes. Thank you. Thank you oh, for <laughs> okay so how do you get through all of what you have been through with your life-changing trauma what is your secret and you know a, a good question because <laughs> I've, i'm on my fourth career in my third country with my two um my second country and a partridge in a pear tree um you notice i did the you know i revolved so i wasn't being rude to anyone um so uh, <laughs> that comes from a tv show three two one um so how do i get through it a remind <laughs> i get through it and the story i really like behind that is that a general sailed his uh war boats up to a new country and all the soldiers got off and he set fire to the boats and they said well why why have you done that and he said now we have no escape option we only go straight through so for me i've burned my boats i don't have a plan b i just have a plan a because if i had a plan b i'd take it for mm. sure but having a plan a and effectively going straight through is the only way where you could get through things which you know normal people would find mm -hmm. unbelievable so uh, whenever i get in that that corner i always say right burn your boats now's the time to burn the boats um no plan b just go straight through it and you know um because i know your story very well 
you are here and stayed here in this world for a purpose. And you are right now creating that, that path for yourself and taking others with you on that mm. path. That's mm. how it feels. That's how I feel about you. So, uh, yes, yes, that's why you are, you are here for a reason. And every day you help someone, inspire someone who might be going through something similar to what you went through. And this is huge. Mm. So I, I, you inspire us every day, Paul. Thank you for that. Do you know what? it's nothing actually gives me and nothing makes me happier than sometimes I get written on my post on LinkedIn. I really need to see this today. And for that, it's just like that just makes it all worthwhile. That's for me success. Yes, absolutely. And you are a hell of a successful guy. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, in our lives, humor is very important, obviously. But so let me ask you, what would be one event that you use to help yourself to look at things from a more humorous point of view? I try not to take myself too seriously, which, you know, you don't walk around with a haircut like this if you take yourself too seriously. <laughs> I was going to ask that about that, too. Since oh, no. when, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you later on. Oh, no, that, 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 oh, my God, that's a good one as well. Huh? Um, so, yeah, um, there's been one real standout moment, uh, which, is, which was uh, about a year or so ago. Um, I had, uh, had to have a um, brain operation surgery. And the surgeon, he was a Brit, go figure. In uh, so that was kind of cool. So I arrived at the hospital um, and I was told it's gonna be two to three hours. Um, and so I arrived there to sort of get ready and I was nervous. Of course. And, uh, of course. and so the nurse I had said, you know, said your blood pressure's really high. And I said, so if it stays like that, we, we won't be able to do the surgery. I was like, yeah. So, you know, I try to think calm thoughts, pretty difficult. And so eventually she rang down to the surgeon. Now he came up and he came along and you have the sort of curtain bit off. And he said, uh, dude, have you, have you seen which bay number you're in? He said, it's 13. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, and he said, look, I'm going to give you a tablet, which will just lower your blood pressure. So he gave me the tablet and I said to him, have you just given me a chill pill? Is that what I effectively I've just taken? Because I never thought that chill pills were real. And he said, yeah, it's a chill pill. Um, and so uh, so he healthy went. He said, I'm going to go and get ready. The chill pill will work. Um, it didn't. So I, they took me down anyway. And, you know, they took me to the scrubbing room. And then they took me into the main thing. And uh, again, they took my blood pressure. And this is the anesthetist just before he put all the stuff in. Um, he said, you know, you, you know, your blood pressure and your pulse are really high. Are you scared? I mean, what? And I said to him, I said, no, I'm just terribly, terribly excited. It just looks like I'm scared. So, <laughs> and <laughs> what kind of question is that? Of course, yeah, well, you're you know, scared. It's like, what? yes. It's that, so I, so, um, 
So I had that. And unfortunately, it was one turn. It didn't turn out to be three hours. It turned out to be seven hours. Um, so, um, so yes. And I, I had um, my parents were over because they obviously wanted to be over. And I had said to the, you know, to them, I said, bring over all the candies which you can't get here all the ones which I remember as, as a kid. And uh, so when I woke up, he was there. And I said, oh, I've got a little present for you. And he's, and he, oh my God, this is this. And he said, I noticed you didn't give me this before the surgery. And I was like, dude, dude I, I needed to make sure you did the job properly. I'm not gonna give you a present before we go in. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so he, he thought that was, he thought it was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he might have said, well, if you gave it to me beforehand, I would do a better job. <laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't want his face and his fingers all covered in chocolate and stuff. That wouldn't have been good. In, you know, he, he, it was kind of a sensitive area. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to another question. Hmm. Uh, most people have, you know, morning routines. I have. Uh, what is one original thing you have in your morning routine, uh, which people may not know about? Yeah, um, I do the sort of normal gratitude and asking for guidance. And um, I have a quote, which um, is from Patanjali, again, from um, uh, Wayne Dyer. Mm -hmm. And I write the quote out. Uh, and I, I'm quite happy to share that with you. Mm -hmm. And then I write it out left-handed. Oh, that's interesting. Because using your left hand reminds me that actually to get a habit to stick and to get good at it and for the writing to get better and better, you need to practice it. So that is my reminder every day that actually that if there's something you need to work on, it's possible. Now I've been doing it over t for over 200 days and uh, I'm gonna show you. Um, it's kind of like, my writing's terrible anyway. I've got typical lawyer's writing. So um, oh, the top is, one, yeah, the top one is the right hand. The bottom one is the left hand. Not too bad. Not That's right, too isn't bad. it? That's mm -hmm. not too shabby. Um, so, um, so yes, so I, I, it, it's such a nice reminder. So if anyone's got a quote which they like, try doing that. And and to, most, to start with, it looks like you're holding it like a crayon. But after a while... Um, I, I really like that. I really like that because it reminds you to be consistent and resilient. And when you keep doing something, you're going to get better. And also not being an expert that actually... You know, when you first do it, it's going to feel awkward. It's not going to look very nice. But the more you do it, the better and more sharper it becomes. And it's some, something I do every day. Wow. I really love that. I, I really love it. And I will try that. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of fun. It's <laughs> um, and yeah. So anyone else out there, if you've got a quote, um, give it a go because it, it's it's kind of cool. Wow. Yes. OK, now. Uh, I want to get to your speaker's course that, yes. that's coming up. Find your voice. Uh, what made you decide to create this course and what outcome would you like to see? There's, um, there's a few. I was very lucky to go on a 
course to help me. Mm -hmm. um, I, as you know, have a sort of pay it forward mantra. Um, one of the things which the uh, the medical profession like to remind me on a on a fairly constant basis is that I shouldn't be sat here and la la la. They, I mean, <laughs> my injuries are ten sheets of A4, um, so I haven't read them because it won't actually do me any good. Um, but if, effectively, the damage is around here and at the back, mm -hmm. so it's hit potentially where and it's very still badly damaged, where the voice and other motor functions are. Mm. But for some reason, it didn't hit that bit. And that's just like not hitting a fiber that that big. And yep. I have been spared that my voice. Um, so that also um, sort of uh, gives me a purpose. Um, I don't really believe in coincidences. Um, being run over by a train kind of does that to you. Um, <laughs> and in the hospital, uh, just to give you another bit of my humor, uh, I lost a lot of weight to start with because I was on various other liquid stuff. And they said, oh man, you've lost a lot. And they, I, they come up with these perlers and I can't help it. They said, oh, you lost a lot of weight. And I said, yep, yeah, I, I call this my train crash diet. And they're like, ooh, and I was like, is it, is it too soon? Is it too soon? <laughs> so yeah, you, know, you see where my mind was at, at the time. But yes, yeah, so this speaker's course, I am very fortunate and that's kind of where it starts. And I was talking on a men's mental health summit a little while ago and I was expressing where I was and I kind of said, look, I'm here and I'm telling my story, but I'm a voice. If we all stand up and tell our stories, just imagine what we can give to the world, what people can learn from our stories. Everyone has a story. There is not one single person who doesn't have a story, which they've had to overcome something. And that teaches them a lesson. And if you are then able to have the confidence and the structure to get your voice across, to deliver your message, because whenever you talk, whether you're a guest or anything else, you need to hit, get your message across every time. There doesn't need to be, well, I'm not really quite sure what, the coulda, shouldas I try to remove. And it's a story you can tell and fill that whatever time slot you're given um and that's the purpose behind it to encourage and give people confidence and for them to heal because actually telling your story and getting it out of you because you know holding on to your thoughts it doesn't do anything good but if you're able to project it and to be able to get it out of you mm -hmm. it's out there then it's not in you anymore um absolutely so that's kind of the outcome that I, I, I kind of want my friends to be with me doing it. And, and like working with your mates is always the best <laughs> in the world. Um, and finding people then who have this gift, but they just didn't realize. And then when they get through it, um, and hey, it's a lot of fun because I don't, I don't do anything unless it's fun. So um we've got a bit of icky guy in there we've got all sorts of things in there to actually help people find effectively their purpose and passion so yeah, that is that's, the wow that's that's really impressive 
And, and I agree with you 100%. The more you express yourself, the more you share, uh, the better you feel. And it, it has a healing effect for sure. And it heals other people because there will be one person somewhere who's going through something similar. And it's at that point when they don't know what to do. And usually, what certainly what I've found, and I know this is something which you, you're a great believer in, the people manifest what they want to see. So as there's maybe one person asking for manifesting and as equal speed, there's somebody who has the answer and it may just be one word, um, even a number, 1111, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's something we need to pay attention to. Yes, I hear what you're saying so well. I mean, I... I 100% understand what you're trying to say. You're, the something that you are manifesting is something that the other person wants to manifest and they come together for a purpose. Exactly. Uh, that's giving me goosebumps, really. <laughs> <laughs> it has been amazing. But I want to ask you if there's anything else you would like to share, any other story, anything else, or um, are you good? Yeah, well, you know, you mentioned dreadlocks, so I can't help, but um, I can't help yet to play with, with that. Um, Where does it and, come from, and how long have you had those dreadlocks? I've, I've, I've now had them for 10 years. So, yeah, it's now a decade, which is, again, an upsetting word in my book. Um, I, t I tend not now not to, when somebody asks me my age, that I don't get asked for proof anymore, which is a, which is, which is a real thing that you've got too old when people say, hey, uh, you know, can I ask you for some? Um, so if, you, if you're out there and you're, uh, if you're a cash teller, please ask me for my, um, for my age, it will make me very happy. Um, so um, yeah, 10 years. Um, and uh, the, I, I do it by a weave. So mm. as they get longer, I, because you know, as any true um, Rasta or anything else, they, they kind of, but my head goes into knots anyway. And that really happened when I was kite surfing. So it kept blowing across my face. So I thought I'm going to just put some weight in there, which is this. Um, and uh, a doctor who I was seeing recently, he said, oh, you know, just, just sit up and then we'll tip your head in all sorts of weird directions. He, Cause I had, had it all behind me. He said, how do you get rid of these? And I said, well, <laughs> you cut them off. He said, oh, okay. I said, but hey, this is the advantage. I never, ever have a bad hair day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's almost yeah. kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, I like them. I, I love it. It suits you. Thank you very much. Um, there is a picture of me out there of me when I was uh, a young budding lawyer. And uh, yeah, um, you won't recognize. I had the corporate haircut and everything. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing all these lovely stories with us. And it has been really a different one. <laughs> thank you.